This is the Spirit Duels Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Spirit Duels Podcast. We are wrapping up the series that has gone over the development of the game from when Daniel first started conceiving everything and getting that first iteration to where we're at now, just a few short weeks away from the Kickstarter launch. And we're wrapping things up with the control role, my absolute favorite (laughs) way to lean into and draft. And to have this discussion, I, of course, have the creator of the game, Daniel, with me. How's it going? Hey, man, what's up? Um, Just like always, busy, 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 busy. Wrapping wrapping things up, getting that, that Kickstarter goal closer and closer, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're actually, it's weird because when this episode drops, it will have already happened but we're about to announce the launch date of the kickstarter so uh yeah so yeah that's really exciting (laughs) because it's been a very long time coming so yeah indeed but i mean that's why we did this this series was so as we're getting into the the kickstarter days you can understand what daniel has gone through with the development team and just his own internal team to just figure out how to make this game ready Mm -hmm. for public consumption. And myself being a part of the process, I can definitely say it has gone through some big changes and where it's at right now is without a doubt, my favorite place the game's ever been in. Yeah. That's awesome to hear, man. It's very exciting. Oh, totally. And without further ado, let's go into some of the developments. Before we get into the control class itself, I thought it would be prudent to just talk on the actual cards that you play aside from the spirits, like the deck you're drawing from. There is a resource cost in the form of essence to play cards, and there has definitely been an evolution of how that has gone down since the beginning. I myself have seen it in many different ways, and I really love where it's at right now. So, Daniel, why don't you give us a bit of a rundown how that has kind of developed over the course of you creating this game and getting it to where it is today? Sure. It has changed a lot, and I won't really go back as far, you know, as we far back in time as we have been in these past couple episodes. Um, you know, but here, like, you know, in the past few months or so, um, maybe more than that, uh, that, or I guess, yeah, for probably about a year now, it's weird because <laughs> most games are in development as long as Spiritals has been. <laughs> so, you know, most games like are designed and developed in the span of, you know, maybe seven or eight months. Whereas, you know, I've been working on Spiritals for three years now, so. Um, I won't go back in time three years ago, but in about, you know, the past year or so, um, the cost of cards has, yeah, like you said, has changed a lot. And um, let's see, like, the, it's kind of like I've noticed in a lot of, like, card games here lately that, like, the economy of, of the games, like card games, has been changing a lot where there, you know, I've been seeing this trend where there isn't really an actual hard resource 
that players mm-hmm. have to gain or earn over the course of the game, and then they spend that resource to play cards. I, you know, like you have, like Keyforge is a good example of this. You know, you just mm-hmm. declare a house and then you play whatever you want. Um, so, just to ahead. touch on that, is I'm I'm curious, why do you think that is? Do you think it comes from magic and the fact that? the term, you know, mana screwed and feels yep. bad moments from that exists in that, but it's so entrenched in what that game is that they obviously can't go away from it, but yeah. everyone knows what that's like and no one wants to have you lose based on the most random yep. number generation thing that has nothing to do with playing the game essentially. Yeah. I think, um, man, we could probably talk about this for uh, I know, right? like all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you know, for a long time, ever since, you know, Hearthstone came out, which was what, like maybe a decade ago, mm-hmm. that that designers and developers have been improving, you know, like resource systems and economics in their games, right? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, the mana system, the land system is in Magic definitely has its flaws. So, like, you have games like Hearthstone where you gain a single resource every turn, and then that scales up. So, on turn two, you you have two resources to spend, where on turn eight, you have eight resources to spend. So, um, right. it, you know, just a, a system as simple as that kind of fixes that quote-unquote mana-screwed problem. But it's still a hard resource that players spend uh, rather than something like Keyforge where you don't have a resource at all other than I guess you can consider, you know, the your houses, your, as, you know, kind of like your resource. Like that's what you are. Yeah, the house distribution in your yeah. hand is basically yep. your resources. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, to directly answer your question why, I think that you know, that people, players, designers, developers, whatever, I think we all have just realized that there's a much larger scope to be explored on what um, resources players have, you know, access to. So, for example, like an action in Spirit Duels could be considered a resource, you know, your, your, um, your action economy, your, your, the cost to play a card isn't just, the essence required to play it, but it also costs you that action. So, uh, long story short, to to answer your question, you know, I I think it's just exploring other types of resources rather than just like a hard money, like, like a currency a, resource. A currency. Basically. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that and being so, said, you do have a currency. Yes. Yes. So yeah, what I was getting at was like it. That, I've noticed that that's a trend. You know, kind of shying away from that. Um, you know, a, a hard currency, but it, it's actually a huge part of spirit duels. And there's this tension that, um, that's created on a player's turn. When it's your turn to take an action, you have to decide, do I want to spend my money or my essence to advance my board state? Or do I want to spend my money to, uh, manipulate or disrupt my opponent's board state. And that tension right there is, you know, the, the practical application of that tension is represented in evolving or playing removal. Usually, usually. Right. Um, you know, do, do I spend my essence to evolve one of my spirits 
or do I spend my essence to play this removal card that's going to get rid of my opponent's um, spirits? Or dice or any other. Yeah, yeah sorry, not spirits, dice. Yeah, yeah, dice. Uh, I don't know why I said spirits. but <laughs> and, and so the cool thing is as you play the game, what really defines your uh, progress and, and your um, really like your skill in the game is how you manage that tension. Have I, you know, have I been gaining resources enough so that I can alleviate that tension completely and now I can not only evolve, but I could also afford to play cards in my hand? Or have I just been doing the bare minimum to try and take my opponent out as fast as possible? So um, it's all about that tension. Um, you know, I, earlier stages of the game, there were there were iterations where evolving was so much more valuable than playing cards that, you know, players would just evolve and then the cards in their hand were just simply, you know, used to dice rerolls. Exactly. And so, um, the cost of cards had to be tweaked and there's a lot of, you know, there, there are a lot of zero cost cards in the game going back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, that's basically, you know, plays into that trend where cards don't cost anything other than maybe the action to play them. Um, right. But there are absolutely two, three, even four cost cards in the game. Um, the four costs are rare, but... They're rare and yeah. they're normally tied to spirits that generate a lot of essence. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed that from my own experience, there was a point where the amount of essence you gained at the start of a round that has also changed and it was higher to to basically account for the higher cost of cards and then you went back from that instead of creating more essence you went you know what let's just lower the cost of everything and so as a result you also gain less and it was such a nice change like it, at first i remember being quite vocal but like i think it, we need more essence like that was actually my stance and then you're kind of like no let's go less and everything costs yeah. less because it's yep. essentially the same thing it's just it's, more yeah. tokens being used at the end of the day exactly. which didn't really make sense yeah it's then, all relative and it's, yeah correct and then if your spirits their essence generation number had to correlate with that as well and That's it right. just became such a nice balance to where we are today and even cards costing zero, like like you said, like it's not weird. Like I could sometimes have a grip of zero cost cards and maybe one or two cards that cost like one essence. And you know what? I'm not playing cards sometimes. <laughs> it's like it's like I have the ability to play anything and I'm playing nothing. And it's it's really cool to have that decision to be like, you know what, I rather actually roll in here or spend my magic and start causing some havoc on the other side of the board, especially since I like using the control class. Uh, sometimes two of my spirits are, you know, having that hedged bet with one being a dual class where I get some of the the control class abilities. And it's just been so nice to see that evolution. Like that for sure, I think has been my most enjoyable experience in terms of being a part of seeing how we play with the essence aspect of the game yeah. in relation to cards in relation to evolution in relation to what you get and where we're at now i can unequivocally say that it is perfect like yeah. i never feel like i don't have enough money and if i don't have enough money it's because i made a decision yeah. that 
was like, I'm going to do this instead of this. And now I have to yeah. figure a way to get myself to a place where I can utilize this again. Like it just created such a nice, like you have an A or B option. And if you choose one, you can't do the other where before I felt like you were, you could literally do one and then have a little bit left over to do another. And now it's like, no, you're going to get to do one or the other and not both at this stage in the game. And you got to figure out how you're going to get the puzzle to get more essence. So then you can keep going. And it's, it's just so great to see. That's right. Yep. And that, that essence generation, it, it goes all the way, you know, back to the draft phase, you know, and, mm -hmm. and how you're building your team, you know, are you choosing spirits that have those green essence dice? Are you choosing spirits that have, you know, that start the game with a, with a one essence stat or, or mm -hmm. a zero, you know, a, a lot of these damage spirits, they only have, z you know, they, they have zero essence, um, and so it's really, there's a lot of, you know, agency there for the player to choose how they want to play the game. You know, do I want to make a lot of money and play a lot of cards and evolve, or do I want to focus more on damage and try and end the game quickly? Yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Yep. Yep. With that being said, let's move on to the actual control role. Mm -hmm. And the evolution of the classes within that, because it's probably had the greatest evolution out of all of the roles, right? Yep. Yeah. So if we look at the three classes, we have water, ice, and arcane. You know, kind of like the other episodes, we can just talk about those three class abilities and how they've evolved. Um, you know, water is similar to fire and um, earth in that it's pretty much been the same since the beginning. Um, you've always Those are like been, the three initial ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Earth, fire, water. Yep. You've always been able to use a water spirit's magic um, magic symbol to turn an enemy's die to any side you want. Um, and and so that's what it's pretty much always been and that's what it is today and that class ability, um, at times, you know, I've, there have been times where I've doubted it. And I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but you know, I've doubted like, is it, is it good to, because when you, when you resolve a die, you remove it. So when you, when you use a die, you are losing that die. You are removing that die from play and you won't be able to use it again until the next round. And so, Water essentially means, like, when you resolve a, a magic, the, the class ability of a water spirit's die, you are essentially removing one of your dice to turn a few or, you know, one or more of your enemy's dice to blanks, to X's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there have been times where I've I've doubted the efficiency of that. Is that good? I'm I'm removing I'm permanently removing one of my dice to just turn my opponent's dice and they could re-roll those dice or they could play a card that fixed those dice. Like, is it good? And you know, like I yeah, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this before in the podcast, but you know, just the just the simple fact that water spirits give you that option is is really good. They are the only class in the game. Let me double check myself before I say, yeah, that's right. They are the only class in the game that, that whose class ability, um, affects 
dice. Um, like your opponent's dice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, other than wind, uh, wind mm-hmm. is the exact opposite of water. But yeah, they're the only class, only class ability in the game that affects your opponent's dice. And so you're not dependent on having cards in your hand. You're not dependent on having, you know, essence like we talked about. You can with water spirits, you can freely evolve and still have options to mitigate your opponent's dice because your class ability. You know what's um, interesting about water is that Go ahead. I remember early on I was not a huge fan of water like it was my least favorite one to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the fact that dual classes weren't really a thing at the time mm-hmm. and there's situations where you don't really need to manipulate dice if like if you're rolling terribly then I don't really care what you're doing at that point. Yeah. But as the games evolved I found the splash ability kind of evolved into just like without doing anything different. It just became more relevant. Yep. Like when you start getting some of the, the toxic class ability pairing with it so that you're doing a thing where they're poisoned maybe, and you get their dices to be X or their die to be X. And then suddenly when they go to reroll, if they get those X's again, something's happening. Like you have that combo started emerging and then the fact that you introduced the dual class ability yep. was the biggest change for me because I will probably only ever choose water <laughs> with a dual class because of the fact that it's not always relevant to use it. And I will say that out of all the classes, I find water's card pool to be the best in terms of you have answers in hand that you can use and I find I will play more water cards than any other class because there's a really nice economy of how much they cost, what they do, and it really gets you out of some sticky situations. Like to have something in hand that you're like, you know what? At any given time, I just hold this because when push comes to shove, having this card could literally save one of my spirits, which is yep. not the same thing with with other other cards that exist. So I absolutely love how it rolls in that regard and how everything's kind of come together as that's evolved yeah absolutely um totally so like yeah there have been times where i've i've really kind of doubted that class ability splash but you know i think today i'd probably argue that it's among the best um because of what it offers you it it, just the fact that it offers you another option to mitigate your opponent's dice um and yeah like you were saying sometimes like you you just roll out your water spirit and you just leave those magic symbols sitting there and they might not be useful now they may be very useful later you know maybe your opponent just rolls bad and and so you know worst case scenario you just reroll your dice and go for attack mm-hmm. or money or any you know whatever yeah so moving on to ice um ice has ice and arcane we could probably do a whole entire episode just on those two classes alone. Oh probably, my goodness! Tell probably me about uh, it. an episode each. <laughs> yeah, they're um, they're something special. Yep, yeah, they've changed so much. Um, ice, uh, you know, very early on, I'm I'm not sure how it all started, but eventually I I landed on this idea of ice, you know, somehow or another discarding cards out of your opponent's hand. And, um, you know, the idea that you were, you know, slowly freezing your opponent solid 
until they couldn't do anything because you know once you're once you're out of cards in your hand you can't play cards obviously so you can't you know do anything with you know card effects you can't remove your opponent's dice or anything like that totally uh, i remember when you, you first started okay. i think it was from where it was now or where it is now the way it used to be was if you used it, it was straight up just discard. Like you would just, the response was there were no tokens. You literally just discarded cards, right? I think that was the first iteration of it. Yeah. And now it's, I, I'm not sure when the last time you've played is, but that's what it is currently. So it's come full circle. Really? <laughs> yes. So it's no longer a frozen token anymore. That's right. That's oh, right. Oh my goodness. I love yeah. that. Because I was going to say your ability to just like, essentially almost lock out your opponent from doing anything else was so strong that I loved it and I kind of missed it that it hasn't yeah. been that way. So I'm so glad you've gone back to that because I, I really liked how you could do that. And it was so strong and it made me double down on, on the ice spirits, like making sure I had two sometimes, like I honestly love the arcane ice combo. So the fact that we're talking about these two right now, like I think you can do some real dirty moves yeah, that makes your opponent have to really uh, think about how they're going to play and how they're going to counter you. It's it's fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, it, it's come full circle. Um, you know, that's how it started. Was it was just straight discard. Um, you know, if I resolve a ice spirits class ability for two, I make you discard two cards out of your hand. Um, and and that you know when we first started testing it, it was like, man, holy cow, this is really strong. Uh, you know, there's times where this is problematic, you know, and, and we've tried, tried a lot of different, you know, approaches, you know, all kind of leading to the same end results, still players discarding cards out of the hand. So we tried, um, freeze tokens, you know, there, there was an iteration where you, you would put a freeze token on an enemy die and that die would be frozen. And mm. so that meant like, the player couldn't use that die. They couldn't re-roll that die. You know, we tried a lot of iterations with that. We tried um, a freeze token that went on the player. So when a player would be out of cards, they were considered frozen. The player was considered frozen. Oh, that's uh, cool. That was cool. It was kind of messy and just didn't really drive with the, you know, overall language of the game. Um and then we tried just freeze tokens on spirits and we we stuck with that for a long time but ultimately it the more and more i played with that version it just felt like a just a needless roundabout way of getting done what i was trying to get done with with ice which right. was making a making a player discard cards out of their hand and so, you so felt like it was getting overly complicated. So it, it was, was just overly time to complicated. Just it. Yep. And and you know, any opportunity, hey, you know, Spirit Duels has tokens in it. There's <laughs> there's no getting around that. It's a game of tokens. Um, but any opportunity I have to not use tokens, I'm gonna take. But just because it's a cleaner bo board state and it's not as fiddly. I'm not against tokens, right. but you know, if there's at the end of the day, not a a need for them um then in my opinion that's just it's a better outcome and so i was like you know i i really want to try this and really give it the benefit you know of 
of at least a good solid play test, you know, over time, is this truly too powerful or is it just good? And, right. um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I've been kind of intrigued with the uh, sorcery uh, trading card game that's on Kickstarter right now. Uh, one of the main philosophies of uh, that game, of, of the game designer's uh, approach with that game is, you know what, it's not, it's a trading card game, but it's not about the meticulous um, balancing of every single card is perfectly balanced for these pro tour style thousand uh, dollar tournaments, you know, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, that's not what spirit duels is. It, it's not this, it's not meant for, you know, if people want to have tournaments and stuff like that, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, it's not meant to be this hyper competitive, meticulously balanced um, game. It's supposed to be fun. If I activate my ice spirit and roll them out and they land on, you know, double magic and you look down and you're like, oh crap, I'm about to lose my whole entire hand. Like that's fun. <laughs> and it creates, yeah. it puts you in this position. Like I better do something now. And, um, like so, it's not guaranteed as well. Like you have to have a yep. good role to to make these yep. things happen. You got to have the role. You got to hope that your opponent doesn't have an answer. You know, when when you're sitting across the table from a player who's running an ice spirit, you know, you just need to be aware. Like if I don't pay attention to what's happening here, I can lose my hand. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and then you can also see it in the draft. You can see that your opponent has drafted ice, and you can say, "Well, I'm going to draft wind." Um, because now I don't have to rely on discarding cards to fix my dice. I can just use my class ability, ability which is lift, to help fix my dice. Um, or so, you can choose water. So again, yep. so you don't have to even have that as a con- exactly. like anytime they got magic, you got responses to magic. Exactly. So um, you know, it is strong. It is powerful. But it works. It's fun. It's thematic. And, uh, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at an ice spirit in development and design, I'm always keeping that in mind. Like, what are, what are this spirit's dice? What is its stats? And, you know, how effective or, you know, ineffective is it going to be on the table? And so, yeah, it works. Um, and it's, you know, probably one of my favorite classes. It um, is my favorite class. I don't yeah. think I've been too quiet about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so um, yeah, go ahead. So now that we've we've gone into ice and all the stuff that it does there, I mean, it's it's such a fun class to play. The mammoth is one of my favorite spirits. I think as a result of the everything we've just talked about. What what happened with arcane? Because that is without a doubt the newest aspect of the game for me. Yep. Like, I've definitely spent the least amount of time playing arcane, but. I, I wasn't even sure, like, I'm not a fan of Mill, like, straight up. Like, I don't yeah. <laughs> like Mill in other card games, but I love playing Arcane. Like, I absolutely love it. It's so yeah. much fun to me. Like, I mean, maybe it's because I love Owls, too, as part of it, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's it's really so fantastic. So let's yeah. let's have a little bit of a discussion about how Arcane came about. Why yes. did it take so long? Yeah, we, we tried a lot of different stuff. Um you know, I think at, at, you know, one of the main iterations that kind of stuck for a long time was this um, 
similar to Star Wars Destiny, it was a, it was a disrupt mechanic, which allowed you to uh, force an opponent to lose their resources, their essence. Um, mm. and, and, you know, kind of like the discard from um, Ice, that was really strong. And um, that did not make it, uh, it, you know, I ended up, you know, going with something else, which is, you know, meal. But, you know, following the same philosophy of ice, you know, I probably could have really buckled down on that idea of a class ability that forces players to lose essence. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe that might show its face back in a uh, future class. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it 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 felt um, like it was really, you know, no pun intended, but it was really disrupting what the heart of the game was, which was evolving and playing cards. And, you know, at the end of the day, I want players to evolve and play cards. And so, long story short, that iteration got phased out. And, you know, I think, again, I think I've said this on the pack pod, podcast before, but I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of anti-meal. I'm not really a huge fan of it. Um, mm. But we, we, we had some playtesters, a couple of playtesters, like, recommend, you know, that, hey, there probably needs to be some kind of, you know, long-term win condition in this game other than damage. And right. I was a I was a really big advocate on a single win condition, like damage being the only way to win. And so mm-hmm. early on, if you ran out of cards in your deck, you shuffled your discard pile and you kept going. But, you know, finally, I really just came to terms with, like, the game really needs meal um, because there's so many classes like Earth and Nature and even, you know, like water, like there's so many classes that stall the game. And if the only way you win is damage, then classes that all they do is stall the game, they're, they kind of at the end of the day seem almost like pointless classes because while they're stopping your opponent from winning, they're not really getting you any closer to winning because mm, all they're okay. doing is, you know, whatever, like halting or stalling the game. And so, yeah, it's, it's creating, it's also creating not a fun. Like, and there's some people who do that. They're like, well, if I'm not going to win, you're not going to win either. It's just drawing out a game and it it loses its appeal. Yep. And so bringing it, you know, bringing it back to Arcane, you know, it it really felt like the best decision was to make it to where, yes, you know, if a player runs out of cards, they lose. And the the next step to that was designing a class around that idea around that win condition and it it made you know it's crazy how sometimes pieces of the puzzle just kind of fall into place on their own because you know in my opinion like it really fits thematically um if the cards in your hand are moves that you are commanding your spirits to take it's kind of like this you know knowledge that a player has like you know i'm commanding my tie chomp to use eruption well arcane kind of drains your mental capacity to be able to command your spirits they're draining your reality your men- your mentality or whatever um right so anyway so yeah I, 
I, I knew that their classability needed to somehow mill cards. And we tried a lot of different things. We tried, you know, um, milling cards and then, you know, you would have to re-roll dice based on the highest car, the highest cost of the cards you discarded. Like, you know, it, it sounds confusing saying it because it was, and it was kind of tedious. And, you know, because I, I think even like the first episode of the podcast, we mentioned this, like I wanted there to be like an extra effect other than just meal because I didn't, I was afraid of arcane feeling useless if you weren't trying to meal. And, you know, that takes me back to that idea, you know, that I was talking about was like, this isn't really a hyper competitive tournament style game. And it's okay if there is a class that's situational because, you know, number one, there's the draft phase. I have full, pretty much full control over what classes I'm playing and what spirits I'm choosing. And because spirits, the majority of spirits, two thirds of the spirits in the game are dual class. And so if I end up with a, t- a class, uh, excuse me, if I end up with a spirit on my team who's half arcane and half fire or nature or whatever, mm-hmm. like I don't have to use that arcane ability. I can use fire and burn. You know, I can use right. nature and heal. Like I'm not, you know, the only spirit in the game that you are forced to uh, use the arcane ability with is the pure arcane spirit, which is the owl, Lumi. Um, and mm. so players still have full control over how they want to play and what they want to do with that class. Um, none of the arcane class cards um, deal with milling except for their item. Um, and so even if you even if you draft the arcane class and you decide that you don't want to mill, you absolutely can. At the end of the day, it's just a control class. It has cards that let you, you know, remove dice and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I, I said all that to say, you know, basically, I, I was afraid that the the situational aspect of milling was a problem. But because of the nature of the game and the 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 variable. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Uh, the variables that exist within it? Yeah, the variability. I don't know. I don't know what the word <laughs> is. <laughs> but because of that, it was actually okay. And like, um, that was like a big lesson I kind of learned on my own uh, in the whole process of developing a game. Um, so anyways, it, it, it's fun. Again, like going back to like ice, it, it's fun. It works. And, um, it's thematic. And so, yeah, it it just made the most sense. And it, and overall, like it really has brought the game into like this completed feel like, you know, the game feels whole Mm -hmm. and complete with meal and with what arcane offers. So, yeah. Mm, Okay. I, I would, I would completely agree. I mean, it is the one class where you know what's the greatest thing you did for the game was the dual class like that honestly yeah, like that absolutely. completely revolutionized the game and just provided so you're not locked into anything and because there's times if you only had one and you roll magic it's like oh that's kind of a dead dice based on yeah what's happening on the board right now so the fact that you have the dual just gives you options and then on top of that 
when you have something like mail, like there's times when you may be like, you know what, I can't really go with mail right now. It's not really a viable option. Like, I don't think I can outpace my opponent's damage right now. And yeah. I need to be countering in other ways. And I can't be using these for this. So yep. it just created a really nice like option for it. But I also like that you can actually double down on mill and really decide, you know what, I'm committing to this. I know I'm going to play the long game. Let's get it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add for uh, the the evolution of the game itself through development before we sign off on this uh, last episode of this series? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, there's, you know, again, we could talk all day about certain classes yeah. and maybe you know, we'll have to do that. Game. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that pretty much sums up the classes. Yeah. And um, I really love all of them. You know, I do have my favorites, but they're all good. They're all fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm really pleased with how it, it came out. Um, and, and it just, you know, it just feels real solid and, and the class abilities feel balanced. So, yeah, I agree. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this series going over the way the game has evolved we got some really fun episodes coming at you in the next couple weeks hopefully it's going to get you more emotionally invested into the game i will not speak on it more than that (laughs) but uh until next episode hope you all are doing fantastic and hopping into the discord so you can start trying this wonderful game of spirit duels out have a good one everyone You've been listening to the Spirit Duels Podcast. To become part of this game, join us in our Discord. Link in the show notes.